All right, welcome to another episode of Crypto Sense Podcast. This is CO2. We're at episode 80. Episode 80. So look, it's a long show today. Uh, jam-packed with so much content. As you know, I've been talking about this interview for some time. So we had an opportunity to interview Tiago from AppCoins about how to launch an ICO and the things you need to consider. Okay, but before we dive into it, we first have to thank our sponsors. CoinSeed is the app that allows you to take cryptocurrency and break it down into pocket change. Imagine you can take your pocket change and put it into one of the one of the top, or I should say, the top eleven to twelve cryptocurrencies in the game. So there's no excuses, y'all. You can get into this crypto game without having to invest a lot of money. Allow that thing to bubble up. Allow the the coins, the pocket change to build up, gain steam, gain confidence, and then you're able to start really moving mountains. So CoinSeed allows you to be able to do just that. Make sure you go to the show notes to get the link to the app, and you're good to go. Encrypted Apparel. Encrypted Apparel is the flyest clothing line in the game when it comes to cryptocurrency now you can wear your passions on your sleeve you can be able to rock your your bitcoin hustle or your bitcoin visions on your iphone there's so many different things dealing with apparel that encrypted apparel has thought about when it comes to um, people who are passionate about cryptocurrency so make sure you go over and grab some of the merch on wearencrypted.com that is w-e-a-r encrypted.com okay i got the hookup with the owner so you can go ahead and just mention our name crypto sense all one word as a coupon code remember it's a z at the end not a s and you're going to get 15 percent off on your next purchase so make sure you go by and check that site out now getting back look last night i had a chance to interview Tiago, okay, I had to do it last night because he is in the offices in Asia. So whenever there is it's, it's a nighttime on this side of the world, it's daytime or morning over there. So we had a chance to really chop up some good game when it comes to the ICO market and how to actually consider launching an ICO. So I'm not going to talk much more because there was so much that was said, all right? But make sure you pull out your notepad and your pen and take notes. Take notes because this is some, some real good information. So hold tight. Don't move a muscle. And we'll be right back. Hey, Tiago. Hello. How are you? I'm good, man. What's been going on with you? How you been? Oh, Great. I've been good. I've been good. But, you know, it's just me here uh, in Singapore. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so many things that I have to take care of. But, uh, sure, I'm, sure. I'm good. Yes, I'm good. Everything's okay. Well, good, man. Well, you know, well, thank you, man, once again, just for coming back onto the show. You know, can, no you imagine, can you imagine it was 40 episodes ago, the last time we talked? No, no, I cannot. Yeah. <laughs> you were episode 40, and now we're uh, episode 80, man. So thank you once I'm again just for coming no back problem. onto the show. And um, I mean, no you know, the, yeah, yeah. And, 
you know, the audience, man, you know, my listeners have been just very excited about having you back on the show. I mean, the <laughs> the uh, the episode 40 show was so good. It's actually one of the most um, voted, most most popular show. Uh, nice. So, um, yeah, so we love Tiago over here, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, man. So, look, what I wanted to do tonight is, um, mm. you know, I just wanted us to have an opportunity to talk about everything that's going on with the ICO um, craze that's going on. And, you know, since you all have gone through um, the ICO and you, you have that experience, I just wanted to kind of just do just a general like overview of, you know, how this whole ICO thing works. And then if there's folks, you know, who are maybe interested, have an idea and just kind of point people in the sure. direction on, you know, what they need sure. to consider and how they should go about it. So you sent over something uh, to me um, uh, about a month or so ago where you kind of yeah. broke it down into a right. before. Yeah, yeah. yeah. sure. Yeah, we so- can go through that, uh, that uh, order. Um, before, before we take a look of uh, everything we had to mm-hmm. do in terms of preparation during and after uh, the ICO, um, I just wanted to, to, to share with you that uh, <clears throat> we, we, we are a company that uh, had previously uh, raised a Series A round. Yes, I remember 4 that. Million, yeah, yes. 4 million USD uh, uh, back in 2016. And then uh, last year, instead of going uh, uh, to a Series B round, which was the traditional way a startup grows, mm-hmm. we decided to do an ICO. And the amazing thing is that... Uh, uh, as I mentioned, the Series A round was four million dollars, and then suddenly we do an ICO of seventeen million dollars, and we raise this money from uh, small investors. Right, the minimum amount you could put into our ICO was uh, ten uh, USD, mm-hmm. and um, we, we get this money to support the AppCoins project. And there's no dilution to the founders of the company, uh, no dilution to the current. Uh, 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 investors, you know, the, the, the venture capital, the VCs that invested yeah. in our company. Right. So it, it's almost like a, a, a dream, you know, for the, 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 the startups. Why? Uh, because it was something that we could not access before, right? Uh, the only way to go to a retail investor like you, Carlton, and ask for $10 from you, it's like a traditional IPO, right? Exactly. And of course, startups cannot do IPOs until they become really big. And then suddenly comes this blockchain and the, the ICO... Uh, opportunity where a startup can be funded almost like a crowd sale for mm-hmm. their project supported by the general public from anyone around the world as, as long as they have a, a wallet and a connection to the internet. It's, it, it's amazing. It's an amazing phenomenon. And actually, uh, next week, I'm a speaker at um, uh, Tech in Asia here in Singapore. Um, and one of the things uh, that we are going to discuss in the panel is are ICOs actually disrupting the traditional uh, VC and IPO market, right? Because it's a new avenue that uh, it did not exist uh, uh, before. Well, you know, what's so interesting about what you just said, and I was having a, a conversation with someone about this earlier, is that if you, just to kind of frame the question that you just posed, if you think about it, ICOs, the very nature of blockchain 
in cryptocurrency is this idea of getting taking the middleman out of the equation, right? Exactly. And so yeah. if you think about what VCs and private equity and just investment banks have been, is they have served that middleman position. And so now with blockchain and being able to do ICOs and being able to just do, like you said, almost like a crowd funding. It's like crowdfunding 2.0 on the blockchain, right? It's now like allowing the average guy who has $10 in his pocket to be able to have access to blockbuster deals that would have normally just been reserved for for the big hedge funds and the private equity funds. So it's definitely a disruptor for sure. Very disruptor, uh, disruptive. It's, it removes the middleman and allows the, a guy with a hundred bucks on his pocket to participate in a, a, a startup uh, a project. Because again, uh, VCs, uh, the only people that have access to that type of capital are uh, millionaires, right? Rich people that become LPs yes. of these uh, VCs or private equity. For uh, a common guy like you and me that only has mm-hmm. like a dollars to. Uh, uh, put in this project, it, mm-hmm. it, 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 you mentioned it, right? It's, it, it was not accessible uh, uh, before, only at the IPO stage, okay? Then the IPO, of course, if Facebook uh, IPOs, then you can uh, buy a few shares uh, of Facebook. But it's uh, such a late stage. Uh, a late stage uh, offering. Yes. yes, it's such very a late stage difficult. offering. For early stage, very yes. difficult. Yes, yeah? yes, yes. So, so now, with that being the case, what we probably going to see happen over time is we're going to start seeing a fundamental shift in wealth distribution. Yep. Because think about it. That guy that puts a hundred dollars in to a, a ICO that would, would not have had the opportunity to do that. Let's say a few years back, that company um, and that project takes off, blows up, becomes the next uh, Facebook, so to speak, that's a billion-dollar valuation, billion-dollar company, you've now, in so many ways, have created multiple, maybe even several hundred, several thousand millionaires, potentially. Yeah, yeah. Versus yeah. just having just a few that kind of sit on the top because they had access, whether they worked for the company or they mm-hmm. you know, got in early through the yeah. well, IPO Angel or whatever. Investor. Yes, Angel exactly. Investor, which Angel is investor. still exactly. Angel Investor is still have to put like a, a big amounts of money, like 50K, 100K as an Angel Investor. So exactly, again, exactly. Yeah. So, so, so looking back then, if you could have gone back in, in time and hmm. you could have you all could have had the opportunity initially to dive right into an ICO versus going with, you know, the VC. And I say this kind of in hindsight because, you know, of course the VC and being able to get access to that capital was very valuable at that time. You know, you can't discount that, but if Mm -hmm. you did not have access um, or, you had access, but you had a choice between doing an ICO or doing VC. Do you think in hindsight you all may have at least considered going the ICO route, you know, initially? Of course. Well, of 
course. Well, I don't want to say that uh, the VC doesn't add uh, value because they do. They have a good network and they, they help you uh, with the board meetings uh, to think uh, strategically and give you feedback. Having said that, uh, between the alternative of uh, um, uh, getting money from a VC, right, a private equity, and then give a, a big chunk of your company away versus uh, raising money through an ICO and then maybe uh, still get some, a few advisors that can help you think strategically, of course, the second option is much better, right, for a, for a founder of a company. No doubt. Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. Wow. So, so wow. I'm, you know, that's, that's some really good um, backstory to kind of help, you know, put this ICO um, market into focus because, you know, I'm sure you've been watching everything. It seems like there's so many companies, so many projects that are coming on vis-a-vis the the ICO um, thing. And so it's like, how do you, you know, how do you sort through all of that? And uh, do you think it's getting overheated or do you think it's just so many things that just need to get funded that has just been on the sideline because, you know, this wasn't available, let's say, two, three years ago to do or even five years ago to do? What's yeah, your thoughts it, on that? Just at the market, it, it, yeah, Carlos, it, it's very crowded right now. Okay, uh, because uh, uh, people uh, think, uh, oh, it's so easy to raise money in uh, ICO. So it's very crowded. There's so so many projects going uh, around the world, and all of them are raising uh, um, uh, money, or they're trying to raise money through ICOs. Uh, some have viable uh, uh, projects and uh, viable companies. Uh, supporting the, the idea. Some are just uh, pure hype, you know, just coming <laughs> with a, a name for the ICO and then start yeah. doing some marketing yeah. around it. It's a, it's a problem. So what, what I've been saying to uh, a lot of companies that I talk to, uh, things have changed a lot uh, within the last year, you know. Uh, it used to be that you only needed like a, a, an idea on a napkin and it was done. You had an ICO. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's, a, it's a huge machine, you know. Uh, you have to have a website, a video, white papers, advisors, anchor, uh, crypto funds uh, that jump in in the, the beginning, going around a lot of events, spending money in the PR and marketing. is is crazy because it's just so crowded right now. It's very, very difficult to, to, to stand out. Yeah, I would imagine that. I mean, just looking at everything. The other thing too that I saw um, going on is, um, you know, like you said, you you have so many projects that are just coming out that have these ideas, but these ideas, a lot of them um, are ideas that are not they're they're viable, but you really don't get the understanding why they would want to be on the blockchain. It's almost as if they just came up with something yeah. and they just want to throw yeah. it on the blockchain yeah. just because yeah. it's the sexy thing to do at the at the yes. time and just exactly. try to raise money that way. And so um but what do you think about what do you think about companies such as like for example with with app coins um where or uh, even with the um, uh, with um, uh, help me out. I, I'm, I'm drawing a blank. The, the um, 
company before AppCoins where you had the marketplace. That's that's Apple too. AppToys, right? AppToys, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. Thank App, you. AppToys is the company, and then the AppCoins is a protocol uh, based on the, the, the blockchain. Exactly. So, what do you think about companies that are already, you know, have a business, have a business model? Um, you know, they are creating revenue, they're doing well, and they're just and they're now looking at the phenomenon yeah. of ICO and saying, okay, well, let's see if we can maybe just raise the ICO to just get more funding yeah. versus just having yeah. an idea. What do you think about yeah. that? I, I, I'm a bit biased, right, uh, Carlton, because uh, we are a company that uh, already have a product and now we're trying to uh, improve what we're doing uh, with the blockchain. So I, I, like, I like projects like that. I like projects that uh, they have uh, 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 a business already they are good in their uh, uh, area. Uh, they are experts in their uh, um, in their area, and now they look into the potential of blockchain, and then they can they can apply it for the current business. So, I'm a bit biased, right? Uh, in the, in our case, uh, the blockchain and the AppCoins project uh, open the door, right? And I, I I don't want to talk too much about it because we already did an episode about AppCoins, but open the door and a light at the end of the tunnel that we couldn't see before uh, the, the blockchain, right? It's very difficult to compete against Google and Google Play. And now, at least we sync with the blockchain technology and by making this an open protocol, as I explained in the other episode, there's a chance. There's a chance to make a, a new standard. And sure. uh, I think the best analogy I can make is we, we have an opportunity to uh, uh, create the TCP IP uh, that was created to uh, allow people to exchange emails, uh, independent of whatever email client you're using, we're trying yes. to do the TCP/IP for the App Store. Okay, that's the the, the vision, and and very uh, briefly. So uh, I, I like projects like ours, right? That uh, they, they they look at the blockchain potential, and um, they try to apply it to the current um, uh, business they have, and uh, actually re- become a, a much higher potential in terms of the business. But then you're right. There's the negative ones where there's not uh, a big reason for them to move to the blockchain. And uh, they just uh, do it because they think, uh, oh, I'll raise money in the ICO. Uh, I'll get some money to support the company uh, for a couple more years. And uh, there's no dilution for the founders. But, uh, so exactly. if you're an investor, you just have to uh, uh, read the, the white paper, at least understand why they're doing that and uh, if it makes sense or not. Exactly. You know, it makes, you know, it makes total sense. Um, so look, so when I looked at the, the, um, the email that you sent me where you broke down the before, during, and after, yeah, you, yeah. You, you started talking a little bit about the before phases yeah. of yeah. the ICO. Let yeah. me run down the, the, um, the headlines and then we can maybe just um, talk about them a little bit yeah. or just something yeah. that comes to mind. We could talk uh, about this for hours. So we, we, I yes. think uh, we got to highlighting and then uh, yes, high level. Edit. Yeah, and then any topic that is more uh, um, uh, interesting for your community, then we can do another uh, episode where we deep dive in some of these ones. Yeah, but please go ahead. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I definitely feel the same way because it's, it's, it's so much uh, stuff that we can really deep dive yeah. in, but we're going to just do some high-level yeah. uh, like, like, uh, yeah. yeah. yes. It took us uh, two months to prepare our ICO, and I've been recommending, Carlton, to any company that I speak to that, are thinking about ICO, I'm recommending them to do in four months preparation. So the two months preparation that we did at Aptoid, I don't recommend it, okay? I recommend uh-huh. four months preparation. And by the way, 
we had 20 people. Like uh, the, the, the total Aptoid team is around 70 people. But during the four months that uh, we're doing the ICO, the two months preparation and two months running the ICO, we had around 20 people almost fully dedicated to the ICO. So it's a huge task. Mm. Wow, wow, 20 people dedicated. Wow. So, so when you talk about those 20 people, they really helped with um, the document. So, so what I'm looking at is you have the documentation, which is the white paper, which you already talked about. And like you said, generally, you know, the white paper is really almost like a business plan, vision, roadmap right, mm-hmm. in terms of how you want to do things. You have the legal paperwork, the infrastructure, and the social channels. So those yeah. 20 folks were collectively working on those those components um, and that part of the ICO? We had people assigned to uh, um, uh, each task. So let's say, for example, uh, for the white paper, uh, in our mm-hmm. case, we had two white papers, okay? We had the, the, the more typical white paper that you see in all ICOs, which is like more the the business uh, side white paper and that uh, anybody can read it. And then we had something that we call the protocol definition was the technical white paper. So for the technical white paper, we had my CEO and one uh, tech person from uh, our team. They, the two guys, these two guys were the ones writing the, the protocol definition, the technical white paper. Then for the business white paper, which was the one you were describing where you put the, the vision, the case study, the, the roadmap and so on, we had three people Okay, from Aptoid writing the business white paper for different sections uh, of the white paper. Okay, so just on this technical and business white paper, five people dedicated. Okay, um, and for example, for investor relations, right? Uh, you have to communicate to the investors and try to bring uh, uh, funds to invest in your uh, um, uh, ICO. We divided the world in three uh, uh, time zones, and we had three people. So we had uh, someone focusing more on the Americas one person focusing on the Europe time zone, and then myself focusing on the Asia time zone. Okay, so three more. Uh, for community management, right? To manage all those social channels like Telegram, Facebook, and so on, we had uh, two persons, okay, <laughs> dedicated to that. Uh, for the PR marketing, right? To contact all those websites, to uh, write about your uh, uh, project and so on, we had three people, you know, contact all of them. Uh, for system administrator, right? We had to create a website, servers, everything to support uh, the ICO. We had two people. Uh, we had to do a UX and UI, right? For the websites, the app, the MVP uh, version, we had three people. Uh, for backend, right? Everybody uh, taking care of the backend service, we had uh, um, one person. For uh, Android, right? We, we are an Android app. To make the MVP, we had two mm-hmm. persons. So uh, this gives you an idea of the 20 people that were... Uh, wow. Yes. on their niche, you know? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, so you had really a, a team that was focusing on, on all these different components, which um, each one of those components were very vital in terms of making sure you yeah. got your, you know, and, like and you said. Also, you, we uh-huh. outsource carton, okay? Sorry to interrupt, but some oh, no, projects, sorry. they just out, outsource things, right? Oh, I, I get somebody to write my white paper. I get somebody to do the, the website. We did not, okay? We did everything we could in-house. Yes. Well, that's, you know, well, that's always the best thing, especially if you of have, course. you know, the folks that are there that already, you know, are familiar with everything going on and you have some exposure to, you know, marketing and, and you know, you exactly. have teams. And, yeah, so yeah. That's, 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 that actually worked out pretty good. Yeah. 
you learn with it. You learn. Absolutely. If you write the white paper, right, you really have to understand the, the, the blockchain and what you're trying uh, to do, right? And then when you go to speak with the community and investors, you know what you're talking about. If you're managing the Telegram uh, channel, right, and you have to uh, uh, reply to the questions made by the community, you have to know about the project, right? So it's good when, uh, if you can afford to take these tasks and do it in-house, it's better for the project and for the, for the company. Absolutely. Now, um, with the legal paperwork, you know, yeah. as you already know, there's so many different gray areas when it comes to, yeah. you know, uh, whether ICOs are securities. And, you know, it's still a yes. question that's up in the air. Oh, you yeah. know, in the U.S., um, just generally speaking, what does that legal paperwork look like? Did you all just bring in, uh, you know, like a general counsel to help put all that together? Did you kind of articulate what y'all wanted yeah. to do and then they just worked on it for you? Or how yeah. exactly did that, you know, look? Okay. Yeah, sure. So uh, the first thing I want to do is a disclaimer. It's very important. I'm not a lawyer, okay? Uh, right. as, as I said, it's a gray area, and we have to be very, very careful here, and um, I prefer not to go very uh, in-depth about this topic. Of course, of anyway, course not. Yeah. let me tell you a couple of things. So first, we are lucky that uh, uh, Aptoid has two founders. One of them is very technical, and is the one that I mentioned, uh, our CEO, that he wrote the, the technical uh, white paper, the protocol definition. And then the other founder, uh, the COO is actually a lawyer, okay? So it's mm -hmm. good to have him uh, um, with us in the, as a, in the founders. Having said that, we also have our own lawyers, but that lawyers were not involved uh, um, in, in drafting the legal opinions for the uh, ICO. So what okay. we did, we, we hired external lawyers, okay? So we, our ICO uh, was run out of uh, Singapore, so we got uh, um, uh, a lawyer here uh, in Singapore to write a legal opinion uh, stating that AppCoins uh, is a, an utility token, okay? This is very important because the treatment of an utility token versus a security token is very different, as you, you mentioned, okay? And then, on top of that, because we are a European-based company, we also got a lawyer to write a, a legal opinion uh, uh, for European Union saying that we are a utility token. Um, so the only thing I want to say here is that uh, the legal part is very critical. It's very critical to protect your company. Uh, you must hire a, a good lawyer and knowledgeable about uh, uh, ICOs and the blockchain because the, they, they're actually the ones that are uh, stating that your token is a utility. And these legal opinions as I mentioned, are not only important to protect your entity as a company, it's important to protect your ICO and very important to deal with any exchanges, okay, Carlton? No exchange will list your token without getting these legal opinions uh, stating that your token is a utility token. I see, I see. That is that is good information. Um, and and um, the other thing that you mentioned was the the fact that you all have these offices um, really outside of the Americas, particularly in Asia and you know in yeah. in uh, Europe? I'm sure that also helps with uh, having a little bit more flexibility yes, on the legal of side of to be yes. able to, and probably even a little bit on the cost side, maybe in Asia more so yeah. than Europe. Yeah. Again, um, I don't when it comes to the opinions. Uh, 
not very deep, uh, Carlton, but uh, besides the legal opinions, very important to work with your lawyer uh, for the KYC and AML. So uh, know your customer and anti-money uh, laundering, okay? Uh, to make sure uh, you filter the investors that are uh, participating in ICO. And the other uh, uh, thing very important is uh, the terms and conditions, okay? So when you go uh, to invest in ICO, uh, it's important that you have clear terms and conditions of who can invest and who cannot invest in your ICO. And finally, everything, the website, uh, the investor deck, the white papers, and so on, uh, you must have uh, disclaimers in all this documentation, Okay. Uh, everything is very important. Again, I'm not a lawyer. You have to work with your lawyer for each one of these pieces of uh, things that I've described. But my advice there is play by the book. Make sure you're following everything according to the law to protect as much as you can uh, your company and the, the, the ICO uh, um, event. Wonderful, wonderful. Now, you mentioned something, too, about these road shows. Well, you, you touched on a little bit, of, a little bit on the road shows regardless yes. of something you're doing now. But how critical are the road shows when it comes to, you know, launching the ICO? Do you meet investors there? Do you just try to get the word out? Do you get a chance to network with other coins? Or what, what is that that's happening there? Very critical. Again, uh, if you see the news online, you see uh, so many uh, ICOs where investors lost their money because it was a fraud, right? People raise money and just run away. So it's really important to go out there and uh, go to these events. Uh, if you have an opportunity to have a booth, uh, a stand, you know, to uh, welcome people to your stand and explain what you're trying to do. If you can have a speaking slot, do some parallel events, you just need to get out there for people to get to know you and understand that you are a real company, you are a real person, and uh, that somehow uh, you are someone that will not run away with the money. Okay, it's, it, it's, it's just like that, okay? Yeah. And of course, uh, by attending those events, uh, your network of relationships grows exponentially, right? I told you that I went to that event in uh, Hong Kong. It was tough for me to spend any time inside the, 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 the room, right, where the, there were the panels and the speakers, because the network going on outside the event was so powerful. <laughs> I know exactly. Yes, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. It's almost as if you meet all the people and you make all the connections outside in the reception and lobby area than you do if you were actually in the um, <laughs> at the booth. You know, a lot exactly. of times. Exactly. Exactly. And yeah. you mentioned about other projects uh, from the blockchain. In our case, what was very useful. Okay. Because during the, the, um, the, the road shows, where I was able to get to know some projects that we felt complemented what we were trying to do with AppCoins. And when we announced that partnerships, uh, those partnerships, it's really good. It's a win-win. Because for those projects, right, that they already are post-ICO, they made an announcement saying, hey, look at this company, Aptoid, with a very big user base that now is moving to the blockchain. We did a partnership with them where our uh, blockchain uh, solution is actually going to be useful for what they're trying to do. So for those investors on those projects, they're like, okay, these guys are making inroads and getting big companies like Aptoid uh, uh, coming on board, you know, partnering with them. And then on our side, it was also very important, right? Because suddenly, for all those guys that were following those uh, post-ICO projects, they just found out about this ICO that we're trying to do, right? And, so, and they already... Uh, 
uh, crypto investors, right? So it was very, very uh, good for us, win-win. Uh, and you can only get those type of partnerships and uh, um, uh, relationships Contacts, by yeah. going to these roadshows. Yeah, you have to get out as much as you can. Wow, wow. Well, that sounds that sounds very, very, um, very important because it 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 seems like it's so much of this is hinged on being able to, you know, have a good internal team, but also most importantly, too, are just equally as important, being able to market and get out there and meet people and network um, with people who are also in the space because world travels and they also become like ambassadors, if you will, to yep. what you're doing. And then you also do something as well with them. So it's a you know, networking is a partnership. So I imagine, because, you know, another thing that I saw, um, Tiago, is I would look at some ICOs and I would see familiar names from, let's say, one company, uh, let's say someone that's real influential with, let's say, Ethereum. I would see it there also an advisor to another um, yes. company and then they would be someone as an advisor to that so it's almost like everyone is leveraging mm-hmm. different relationships to put together a team that is marketable to yeah. a larger pool of you know investors or people like myself that's looking at the advisor like okay who's in your team you know yeah so let me give you a, a, a concrete example because it's easier right um, we are very lucky to get someone from Kyber Network as an advisor, okay? And uh, they gave us so much feedback, not only about the protocol or white paper, what we're trying to do, but also how we're running the ICO. So the example I told you about uh, uh, good partnerships and visibility, right? Mm-hmm. The fact that we had one of the Kyber Network guys on board helping us out, it just gave a very good visibility to Kyber investors of what we were doing and then we got about 400 people from Kyber actually whitelist to our uh, ICO, okay? It's just a good example. Then Kyber did an event in Korea where they wanted to uh, uh, show some of the viable projects that are uh, being done in the blockchain. And I was one of the speakers, right? Wow. So I have good things to tell uh, about Kyber. So if you get uh, lucky enough, if you're lucky enough to get one of these uh, uh, solid projects, like the one I mentioned in Kyber, on board is such a big incremental in terms of the quality of your project. Wow, wow. That is, um, that's phenomenal. So it looks like we, we, we were able to touch on the before process, the during process, and then when you start looking into the, the after process, particularly <laughs> when it comes to the exchanges and that process alone, one thing that I noticed um, very, very quickly about AppCoins is that you all were already on, I mean, arguably the hottest exchange in the world, which is Binance. So yeah, it's, so like, got- it's like, how do you all do that? I know. We got you know? Hobby got uh, Binance, which is like number one, number three. Um, yeah. Uh, I, we're very fortunate. We're very thankful to these uh, um, to Binance and Hobby uh, for listing our coins so fast. You know, 
our ICO ended December 20. By January 5, uh, we were in uh, uh, Binance. Um, I think uh, from the exchange uh, perspective, um, they were very intrigued by uh, a project like ours, right? Our tagline for the ICO was like, first ICO ever for 200 million active users, which, which is like our yearly user base. And they oh, were very okay. impressed that we had such a solid business with such a big traction. And I think they were very impressed with our goal of actually making this open source protocol, becoming the TCPIP for app stores, uh, the goal of trying to disrupt the monopoly, which is a, a, a Google Play. So I think we're just very fortunate to, uh, to get on the good side of these uh, two exchanges and being listed uh, so quickly. Yeah, but it's very difficult, okay? When some projects come to me and say how you do it, it's, it's difficult. Very, very difficult to get listed on those top exchanges. Uh, it's getting very expensive, and uh, it's almost like pitching to an investor. You have to sell uh, the idea. Um, we're also lucky that we are at Android, Android App Store, as you know, Carlton. So one of the things we've, we've done is once we got listed in these two exchanges, we've promoted the Binance and Huobi uh, app to our users uh, in Aptoid, right? So... It's, um, yeah, it's all about negotiation and trying to uh, bring value to them as well. Absolutely. And, you know, like you said, that, that process is not, not easy. There's, there's, a lot of, um, there's a lot of things that these exchanges have to go through to kind oh, yeah. of vet, vet you guys out and vet any ICO out. And, and I mentioned paperwork, right? With no legal paperwork, right? The legal opinions, they yes. don't even... Yes, you were saying? I'm saying it's about the legal opinions. Remember I mentioned before when we were talking about the legal? Without yes. the legal opinions, if you don't provide this legal opinion to these exchanges, they don't even start the conversation with you. Wow. Wow. So that shows you right there that they just want to make sure you're legit. They make sure that you oh, yes. have the lawyers. They want to make sure that you go oh, yeah. through the process. Oh, and yeah. They don't even start having a conversation, yet alone talking about whether we're going to accept you or not, we're not even exactly. going to have a dialogue until we see some exactly. real opinions. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But that's that is that is um that's that's necessary, you know, especially with everything going on now. With so many folks, um, are I I should say companies that are just diving in and don't really, you know, they're trying to cut corners and not do everything that needs to be done so it's, it's good to know that the the exchanges especially the top exchanges you know hold themselves to a, a totally different level of um of, of um you know credibility yes. you know yeah when it comes to that now Very also important. yes now also um also in that after ico section it talks a little bit about the execution to deliver the roadmap. Now, this roadmap, yeah. I would imagine, is, is the same roadmap that was articulated in the uh, white exactly. paper, correct? Exactly. Correct. Yes, yes. And so that's kind of where most of the post-ICO tokens are currently, where they're just executing and trying to execute yes. on this roadmap. And, you know, that's just a process. That's, that's, yeah. that's an ongoing process. Yeah. Um, what what, what I, I like to share about the, the executing the roadmap is because you, you have to stay focused, okay? Uh, unfortunately, there's many projects that after the ICO, 
um, they hire uh, market-making uh, stakeholders that will go uh, to the exchanges and actually create fake volume around the coin, okay? Um, and this is something we're not doing, for example, in app coins, okay? Um, everything about app coins is organic. The volume you see in Binance and Huobi is organic. Uh, the Telegram, the 12,000 members we have in our Telegram is organic. We never gave any reward for joining our Telegram. So... Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to say that we don't feel that's important, okay? It's our personal opinion, and maybe it will be proved wrong uh, later. But in our case, we don't, we don't want to uh, lose uh, time in getting market-making or uh, uh, rewarding people to come to Telegram just to create hype to try and push the price of the, the, the token higher, okay? Internally, we are 100% focusing in delivering the roadmap that we promised during the ICO, like you said, what we promised in our white paper, okay? And you, you have to be uh, strong, okay? Because uh, if you would go to my Telegram, you see uh, people constantly uh, complaining to us, hey, why are you not making more PR? Why are you not making more market making? Why are you not uh, uh, buy and uh, push the price of the coin up? And we keep replying, you know, we, 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 we look like a, a broken record saying, this is not the focus right now. Why, why would I uh, spend money, right, or time promoting something that is not ready? If you look at our roadmap, we only feel we'll be ready to go mainstream, mainstream you know, to the Aptoid user base in September, okay? So until September, any money putting into the, the PR or uh, communication to try and create some hype for us is wasted money, okay? That's our opinion. Um, after September... Right, then the, 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 the product is ready, then it makes uh, sense to, to, uh, to spend money uh, in doing that. Um, and in September, we are in a very uh, strong position, right? And we are very lucky compared to other companies that we have this huge user base, okay? Uh, now it's 250 million users on a yearly basis, uh, 32 wow. million on a basis. So come that day, September, we just have to pull the trigger and push it to our uh, community uh, of users. We have a big relationship uh, community of developers. We are uh, uh, connected with 12,000 developers. We work with more than 100 smartphone manufacturers. And this is something that we are very lucky that unfortunately, Carlton, I don't know what you've been seeing also on your side. I see so many projects that they, they're focusing the roadmap, but comes day one, and they don't have a user base. <laughs> and then it's very difficult for them. Okay, you have this product. That's what you promised in the roadmap. Okay, now I need users. And user acquisition, as you may know, Carlton, is so, so difficult. So fortunately, I see a lot of good projects out there that they're struggling a little bit. Once they're ready to go, they don't have users. Yeah, let me, um, let me see if I can unpack all what you said because there's something there when you said something about the audience. Like you said, it is definitely a a huge advantage to already have an audience, especially of yes. that size, where like you said, once you finish with building the building the product, all you gotta do is just turn around and just put it out there to your current and existing yes. audience and then yep. You're off to the races, and you're just basically just building on top of that momentum, right? But like you said, you have so many projects out there who have a who has a a, a customer in mind. They have an audience 
in mind, but they actually don't have that audience yet. And so I would imagine that the buildup to be able to get to that customer, to get to that audience, get the audience aware of the of the uh, solutions and the service is it's an arduous task. And I would also imagine during that process, they're probably burning through quite a bit of capital to yes, try to course. get to that audience to even put the product in front of the audience. Yeah. So, Carlton, a question that I got asked a lot, okay, when we were running uh, the, the ICO was, why are you only raising $17 million, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I, I reply this constantly. We don't need more money. Unlike other projects, I don't need to go spend millions of dollars to get a user acquisition. I have the users. I have the developers. I have the smartphone manufacturers. Now I just need to make it happen, right? So we are very fortunate that we don't need to raise uh, uh, a lot of money because we don't need the user acquisition. So again, I don't want to share too much about uh, um, uh, what we're going to do in September. But think about this, uh, if uh, come September, right, on the user side, all I have to do is say, hey, Carlton, to my 200 million users, hey, Carlton, here's 10 APPC, right, 10 app coins, to go yeah. ahead and spend in the game, right? To the smartphone manufacturer, all I have to say, hey, look, now you'll be able to monetize uh, in-app purchases in the game that today you are not monetizing, right? Because Google Play is giving 0% of any money spent inside the games. And to the developer, I can tell you a real use case of a developer that we're talking right now, that I'm telling them, if you integrate uh, our solution, you're going to get a bigger chunk of in-app purchase compared to Google Play. And by the way, I'm giving you, that's what I'm promising them, on the year, I'm going to give you 2 million new users. Mm. Why, why I can give them 2 million new users? Because I already have the audience, like you mentioned. That is, that is the difference maker. And that is definitely something that ICOs that are coming out need to really, really focus on as well is that the idea may be great you may get through yeah. the whole process of putting it all together yeah. it's yeah. it's futuristic but the practicality of yes. being able to already yeah. have an audience to market to 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 build around because you know on one hand you can market and be able to get the investors from the from standpoint of raising cash yeah. but there's yeah. a totally different marketing and sales journey that takes place yes. to acquire yeah. the customer, to acquire that That's audience. so expensive. So expensive, Carlton, yes. okay? I, I, yes. I tell you, in the last seven years of uh, building Aptoid, we haven't been able to afford to do user acquisition, Carlton, okay? I'm not able to spend $1, Carlton, to acquire you and then take one year to recoup that money through the advertisement model that we have currently in Aptoid. It's so expensive to acquire users and so difficult to make it a sustainable business. So you can even burn a few million dollars to try and get that audience, but then if you cannot generate uh, money from that audience, it's not sustainable, right? You run these campaigns uh, uh, during one year, you get that audience, but then if you cannot monetize that audience, it's not sustainable. So sooner or later you run out of cash and your company is dead. It's it's happening every day, and it's going to continue to happen. And so that's definitely a consideration, not only just for uh, uh, teams that are building ICOs, but also for 
um, investors that's looking at the longevity of what is going to happen with a project after it comes out of the ICO. Now, speaking of um, um, uh, cost, and this is probably this you know <laughs> every deal is different, of course, and every project is different. But just from what you've seen, just out there from the smallest ICO to I guess the largest ICO. What, I mean, what insight can you give, if any, on what a person or team needs to really be prepared for? Even if, let's just talk from the, just from the before stages, this documentation, legal infrastructure. What are are they looking at? I mean, just a wide range. Yeah, well, well, I try to not uh, uh, to at least give uh, an, uh, an idea. Okay. Yeah, just it's give expensive. an idea. You know, yeah, this is something expensive. that's very, very okay. general idea. Yeah. yeah. It's expensive. Okay. Mm-hmm. You can easily you can easily spend a couple of million dollars on your ICO easily. Okay. If you're not careful, wow. um, it's it's getting uh, more and more expensive because uh, uh, um, we haven't talked about the the the. the uh, the token issues, okay, part. I think we should save that for a future episode. But uh, yes, uh, all the suppliers, right? All the partners that I use for the legal token issues, PR marketing, advisor, and so on. Even our advisors, right? Um, everyone became more expensive, right? So the price that they quoted us back in uh, uh, September, October, when we were preparing our ICO is not the same price they're quoting today, okay? Because now they just have a reputation, they have more uh, track record, uh, so they're quoting higher prices. So it's expensive. Um, you have to be very careful. Uh, the advice I can give there is uh, try to get at least three quotes for everything. That's the practice inside Aptoid. We always get three quotes for any, anything that we try to uh, purchase or hire. And then the other... Um, advice that I give, I'm, uh, I would give is try to push as much as you can the cost to post ICO. What do I mean by that? Try to make it performance basis and try to be a percentage of whatever amount you raise uh, in, it, in Ether or Bitcoin or even your tokens, okay? Uh, what's the advantage of that? You push the cost post ICO when you actually already have the money raised. And the second thing, if you can actually uh, reward anybody, right, with your own tokens, then the incentives are aligned, right, Carlton? If I'm going to work with you, Carlton, I'm going to say, hey, Carlton, can you help me push my uh, ICO to your listeners, right? If I give you a, a reward in the, the coin that I'm raising, then the incentives are aligned, right, Carlton? You're going to try to have a great podcast and push as hard as you can because you want my ICO to be successful. Absolutely, absolutely. So I'm definitely going to be incentivized, and so if you can make a lot of the your your costs wrapped into um, being being more incentive based, so you're not really t- technically out of pocket cash exactly. wise. Exactly. You know, you just give up. You know, exactly. maybe some coins and some other things. Yeah. That exactly. I see. Yeah. Okay. Well, then that makes sense. Now the um the 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 last thing um, pertaining to something else I wanted to ask you about. I think it's so much, right? So many things. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was dealing with the. Uh, I think it was still dealing with cost, but I want to say it was dealing with. 
Well, you know what? Whatever it is, of course, we'll get a chance to come back to it at yes, a later date. Sure. But sure. I think we did a pretty good job just breaking down and looking at all the moving parts of yeah. an ICO. Yeah. And um, definitely, I'm sure I'm going to have listeners hit me up with questions and so forth yeah. about yeah. the show. But uh, is yeah. there anything else that you can think of, you know, T, that we can kind of wrap things up with? I guess, oh, ICO? Yeah, Carlson. What I can really. say is there's so, so many more things we didn't talk about, right? We didn't yeah. talk about the, the fraud issues, uh, managing the telegram. We didn't talk about all the, uh, the, 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 the challenge of issuing the token, you know, the smart contracts. We didn't talk about uh, the, how so, so many projects create foundations for the, the ICOs. We didn't talk about the accounting and tax. Uh, yes. We didn't talk about trademark, yes. the, the infrastructure, you know, our, uh, the servers, website, and so on. It, 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 all the, the service providers, it's just too many things uh, to cover in just one uh, um, episode. But like you said, I'm hoping that uh, your listeners will, might give some feedback, uh, some doubts that they might have. And um, we, 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 if this is interesting for your community, yeah, we should do a, a follow-up uh, episode where we try to cover some of these things that we didn't cover uh, uh, today and then maybe deep dive in any of the topics that they think is more uh, interesting for, for the community, yeah. Absolutely. That that one thing that, that I wanted to ask you about, it just came to my mind. Have yeah. you seen um, any companies, any projects that have been doing what is called pre-ICO? This is something that I, I just started to see where you have companies that's raising an initial round to, mm-hmm. I guess, mm-hmm. prepare to yeah. spend money on an ICO. Yeah. Have you, uh, are you familiar yeah. at all with any of that? Yeah. Have you seen that happen? I've seen that, I've seen that. So in our case, because uh, we are a properly funded company, what we had to do was just uh, to get uh, our VCs on board, just to inform them that we're planning to do the ICO, and we're gonna allocate some of the funds that they gave us on the Series A to run this ICO. And once we got the green light, then we're uh, okay to do it. Uh, but other projects, uh, <laughs> they're not as fortunate as, as us, so they're trying to do that, right? So they'll come to uh, potential uh, angel investors or uh, uh, VCs or crypto funds or so on and try nice. to do uh, these soft agreements, right? Uh, where they promise you uh, equity on the company or some uh, future tokens, and then they'll use that money to actually fund the ICO. Yes, I've, I've seen that a lot. Okay, okay. So that may be an option for a project where they're looking at the high cost potentially of yes. setting up the ICO and they can maybe even yeah. say, well, let's see if we can raise that initial cash by doing yeah. like a pre-ICO. Yeah, you, 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 know? you have to, Carlton. for example, the, the, the legal part, right? Lawyers, it's illegal for them to get anything related to performance fee, okay? So lawyers, you have to pay them in fiat and a fixed fee. It's the law, okay? And yes. other providers like uh, uh, some websites and uh, so on, they only take a, a fixed cost, right? They 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 they, they will right. not take a performance fee, right? That's and right. then there's no alternative. Uh, what I said about getting a performance fee and try to push the cost both ICO to give a percentage of your tokens. Some of these sellers provide them their costs. You just cannot. Uh, uh, there's there's no alternative. You have to pay them upfront and you have to pay them fiat. There's no alternative. Wow! Wow! Well, yeah, man. Well, this has been fantastic. Think you know. I, 
I know you're doing so much over there and, you know, thank you so much for just taking the time out. You know, I, I know it's right in the middle of your morning um, yeah. in Asia. And, man, I mean, we're going to talk more. Of course, I want to have you back on the show to do um, some updates on what you guys are doing with App Coins. Maybe we can do something around that um, September um, time frame oh, as yeah. you, you know, <laughs> Doing, yeah. you know, like another round of, you know, kind of marketing, getting the word out there with some updates. Yeah. So we yeah. gotta get you on for that, and then also yeah. um, we'll get some feedback going from the audience when it comes to this ICO stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah man, I, thank you so much. I, no problem. No, Carl, it was a pleasure. I, 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 of course, I appreciate if it, when we get to September that uh, I can share a little bit of what we're doing. At the same point, I don't want this to be uh, so much about uh, app coins, right? Because um, then maybe the value is not there uh, for your listeners. I just want to make sure that your listeners like the project and what they're trying to do in the App Store and uh, fighting this monopoly of Google Play. Um, of course. I would like to share uh, uh, my lessons learned and the knowledge, you know, like we did today in this episode. I did that for my Series A round, right? Uh, after my Series A round, I did write uh, uh, articles for some tech media where I shared my lessons learned from raising money, uh, Series A round from VCs. And I'd like to do one day an article about the ICO lessons learned. I haven't been able to do that. But today is the first time that I, I do something like this with you, Carlton, on a, a podcast where I, I, I went through some of the lessons learned and the things yeah. that we had to take about yeah. ICO. I'm very happy if I can uh, add value to the, the community and that some of the projects can avoid uh, our uh, mistakes and some investors can also avoid some mistakes that probably uh, uh, happen. Yeah. Man, you have no clue all the jewels that you dropped today that okay. is really going to help people that. that are out there that are going to be searching Google, is going to be searching all over, and you know how Google's going to crawl and they're, and they're going to find this podcast if, if they're not already listening, and yeah. they're going to be able to get so much knowledge. So, yeah, I definitely encourage you to do um you know more extensive um you know article and writing about this topic and i like, um, you I know, like to yes even for the fraud carlton okay that's why i think we should at least uh, do one more episode we should talk about the fraud okay yes Everything yes how ICOs can uh protect fraud and uh how investors should also be very careful about the fraud but let's talk about that in uh, the next episode okay and i'll share Everything we did and uh, the things that uh, we, we suffered during the ICO and is still suffering today about people trying to, uh, um, you know, trick our investors. Yeah, absolutely. We'll definitely do another show. We'll, you know, touch on fraud and maybe, um, you know, some other things that we didn't touch yeah. on as much okay. on this sure. show. OK, but man, thank you so much. You know, I know you got to get back and, you know, you know you. get back to making history over there. Have a good yeah. night. Yeah. All right. You take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Woo. Wow. I mean, that was so educational. That has so many layers. I mean, I'm going to have to go back and listen to this show a few times because Tiago was just dropping so much knowledge so many jewels so many little nuances that you know from the outside looking in you just didn't know about when it comes to icos right 
and what exactly goes in, what it really entails when it comes to being able to pull it off. So um, I just want to thank him once again. Thanks, Tiago, for being able to spend that time to uh, just educate our audience and just put us up on game. And also, um, I want to definitely, you know, invite you back for a follow-up show. We're going to maybe dive a little bit more into um, some of maybe the fraud stuff with ICOs. We, we mentioned that. And also, I want to reach out to the listeners. Is that If there's something that get, came to mind that you wanted him to discuss um, as it pertains to ICOs, Hit me up on info at cryptosense.com. We'll make sure to get that on the list of things and have him come back later in the the schedule to do a follow-up show, a quick follow-up show, or a deep dive into a particular topic, okay? Um, wow. Remember to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter as well. We also have a replay channel on YouTube at Cryptosense, right? The Facebook is Crypto Crypto Sense Podcast. Okay, so make sure you check us out on that platform as well. Also, for you uh, folks that are really into iHeartRadio, we've been picked up by iHeartRadio. We have a channel on there. Uh, looking at Spotify and some other outlets. If there's an outlet that you would like us to be on, holler at us so we can be able to get on that outlet when it comes to the android users all right of course we got google google music play as well but wherever you're listening to it just make sure you click like us you know uh, review us and most importantly subscribe because that helps us be able to not only stay relevant in this space but it also helps us with our stats and our numbers to keep us more uh Get us more exposure to maybe listeners who don't know much about us. All right. So until next time, you know, tomorrow is Friday. So we're going to just go right on into the weekend. And um, I look forward to wrapping with you guys tomorrow. I hope you enjoyed today's show. I know I did. And um, we will be back tomorrow. Holla back.